Hey, 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 this is Sarah Longacre, birth doula since 2000, owner of Bluma, and lover of a good cocktail and great conversation. I got two stools, a full bar, and loads of great people lined up to pull back the curtain with real life conversation. So let's dive deep and belly up to the bar. Hey, hey, hey. Happy January. Happy 2022. This is Sarah Longacre, your host of Belly Up. And today I have two beautiful people with me. And uh, the last I was with you guys was two weeks ago. (laughs) And I announced that it was going to be a sober month. uh, And maybe a month and a half. And I'm not going to lie. It hasn't been easy. <laughs> Last week, I my sweet daughter went back to school one day after, you know, break, and then we were in Mexico. She went back to school one day. We got a call at 7.30 that night that she had been exposed, and she couldn't be. She had to be out of school. So for one more week, I was home with her, and if it wasn't sober January, I would definitely by 2 or 3 o'clock be like, all right, here we go, little red wine. We'll play some games and hang out, but nope, couldn't do it. I did well, except for one hiccup. What does that look like, says her mother? I went to Wisconsin because there was a supper club that we had to go check out to do some research on. Long story short, supper club was for sale, and Todd and I were like, maybe we should own a supper club. <laughs> In Wisconsin. doula to supper club to yoga. And uh, we went, and you can't experience a supper club without a drink. So check mark on that. And then the next day, Friday, what came with it? All the shame. All the shame that I broke my, Mm. it's not a New Year's resolution. Mm -mm. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We are bellying up with water Just water. Okay, just water. And my mom and uh, a woman who has been in my life... 1980? Well, you were five years old. Okay. And we met at a big, beautiful, amazing, sacred place for my family and many communities. It's a Hennepin Avenue United Methodist Church. And I walked by the room that she was in. (laughs) Were you reading a book to kids or something? I can't quite remember what I was doing. Yeah. And I walked by and you waved and then I walked back. And I stuck my tongue out at you. Yep, you did. And here we are at Belly Up. Here we are. Still friends. She has married me once. It was going to be twice. She married me once. She married my mother just once? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Just once. Twice? Was it twice? Norm, too? Oh, Oh, okay. It was Tom Green. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's been a big part of our lives. Yeah. And remember, we're bellying up, so it all, all, yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and married my sister. Yes. Baptized many people in our family. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, um, and one reason that I wanted her to come on today was that for this tiny, uh, petite woman who has knowledge and grace and uh, wisdom beyond. She holds space for people. So I'm going to pass it to my dear friend Sally and let her introduce herself. 
Welcome, Sal. Why, thank to you. To the bar. Thank you. With water. With water. <laughs> so boring. <laughs> so, yes, I'm Sally Howell Johnson, and I use those three names because I'm very proud of that middle name, which is my my Welsh ancestry. Um, I spent time at that church that she mentioned for 33 years, and um, and now I'm retired and uh, for uh, four years now. And um, figuring out how to do life in retirement. Yeah. Um, And so far, it's going pretty well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I hear that when you retire, people just have so much to do, they don't even have time to... Well, there's that. (laughs) But it is COVID. (laughs) But it is, yeah, the last three years have been, you know, sort of this big kind of amoeba that just kind of... Or like a lava lamp, I think. Mm. It's more like that. Maybe we should have brought weed. (laughs) Sally is the mama to two fine young men uh, who live in Seattle, a little far away from mom, but a great place to visit. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So when we think about a new year, when I think about a new year, I, (laughs) I think about hopes and dreams, right? We talked about last last time that my words for 2022 is for me. For me, I want to keep coming home and to what works best for me and my family so that I can shine bright. So another thing that I think of is, you know, bucket lists and all these ideas that a transition brings in a new year. It's this it's this white beautiful page. And we know that mistakes are going to be made. Having this wisdom of Sally here, having the wisdom of talking about transitions and how do we do them in a year and not look at them as mistakes? How do we have grace? What what does that look like when you have hopes and dreams for a year and bucket lists and words, knowing that you're going to have a million freaking hiccups, right? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that when you were saying about words, um, the faith community that I'm a part of right now does this um, tradition at the very beginning, the very first Sunday of the month um, of the year. Um, you're given what they call a star word, which I just love those words, your Ooh. star word, because it's Ooh. it's about the season of epiphany where you know the magi followed the star. And you go up and you there are just all of these little pieces of paper and you pick up your star word and there, you know, you don't see it. You pick it up and it's like, you know, drawing this card. And so I went up and I got mine and I walked back and I looked at it and I felt a little disappointed <laughs> because it was a small word. <laughs> and I thought I should get something that is more challenging. And yet my star word for this year is B. Ah, <gasps> B. And then you think that's small? I, well, oh, uh, no, I know. It was just when I was walking back, it was like, oh, it's so little, this it's word. It's so boring. And then I began to think about, <gasps> okay, B. And I mentioned this to um, my acupuncturist, who Sarah also knows, um, and I was saying about my disappointment, my original or my initial disappointment. And she says, but that's the most difficult word of oh, all. Like, yeah. That's so a big word. It is a huge so what word. Is it? So when it came up to you, when it hit you, like, oh, wait, what, so what came up for you? Well, I, what, what's happened for me is the, the practice of thinking about the word or um, experiencing the word be 
um, at different times of the day. You know, am I am I in a state of being right now? Just being, and just doesn't even fit with that word in a lot of ways. Um, but how to uh, look at everything that's happening during a day from the word be? And if I I feel like if I can carry that through mm. the next twelve months, how, how will I be <laughs> in the mm. new year? Of 2023. So I'd, I want to weave this into my challenge of not partaking in <clears throat> numbing beautiful mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. that I do. So when I'm sitting there at 4 o'clock, it's tough not to, to make an excuse mm -hmm. of like, oh, I could just pour that bourbon. So if I think about closing my eyes and say, so be. Be in this discomfort. Be in a place where you want to numb or void or soften or relax. Mm -hmm. Just be. Mm -hmm. What is it like to be in that state instead of trying to constantly fix it and run mm -hmm. from it? Mm -hmm. And in some ways, the whole idea of um, New Year's resolutions are so um, you can they can be kind of far out. They're they're a, a futuristic thing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to. You know, I'm going to lose weight. Well, you don't start out losing weight, you know, that day or whatever. But the idea of be um, keeps you in that particular day mm -hmm. and, and that moment. particular moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that um, it's not about, you know, what's going to happen in the next week or whatever, but the be. When you look up New Year's resolutions, I said this before. When you look up New Year's resolutions in the dictionary, do you know what it says? Mm -mm. Shame. Oh, yeah. <gasps> Say more about that. I just think they're empty. I mean, it's just a lot of pressure we put on ourselves to do this and do this and do this. And mm. I, what, what's the statistics? Like 85% of people don't follow through with their New Year's resolutions and 60% it's gone by February. Mm -hmm. So let's actually set ourselves up for success and for gratitude and for, you know. So your word was B. Mm -hmm. My star word. Mm. Mm -hmm. Going to get it tattooed on your wrist. <laughs> <laughs> so when you hear the word transition, because as someone who, do you identify as a minister? Retired minister, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, once well, you're a minister, aren't you always? But, yeah, okay, yeah, that's yeah. true. It's I mean, true. You, you, yeah. So when you have witnessed for 33 mm. plus years uh, disappointment, transition, and I don't, I'm not talking like death transition, right? I'm mm -hmm. talking about other opportunities. What, what comes to your mind when you think about soothing words or compassion? What, when you think about that word transition, if it's, Positive or negative? Um, I know it's a tricky question. It is a tricky question. But one of the things that I was thinking about after we had our initial conversation about this word um, is how um, really creation gives us um, the, the tools for what we need with that word. That the reason hmm. um, to uh, even think about what we do in January is that there is uh, – it's a transition. It's a transition into a new year, into a season. And here certainly, you know, we, we, we feel the season. We feel the season. And yet there's 
there's going to be another season, and that's another transition. And so if we live in this place where there are four seasons, then we have that transition, and each of those places have their own wisdom and their own lessons. And um, I, somehow that's a big comfort to me. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. so then um, I don't. Then you're you might not like this. Well, maybe you will. Okay, so I um, I'm not always the glasses full person. Not always. I'm quite. I'm quite. I'm quite Debbie Downer sometimes, and a little negative. And so when I say things like this, Sally's so great because she always just closes her lips and nods and has a soft <laughs> smile at me. So I know I'm not going to get much of a reaction from her on this. But I went to college at Arizona State University. It's one of my. <clears throat> small handful of mistakes I feel like I made. Mm. I don't think that at 18 years old, mm. someone like me, many people, yes, but I would say more than 50% of people at 18 years old should not be making a huge choice. I agree. Financially, I can't imagine what I did to my parents. Uh, I had one priority, and I'm sure this is not a surprise to any of us. I wanted to party, and I wanted to meet boys, and I wanted to have fun. And I didn't get into Madison, so I was like, where else can I party? So I went to Arizona. So I'm in Arizona State for, I'd say this was about two years in, two years in. And yes, believe it or not, I was a part of a sorority, Kappa Kappa Gamma. I was vice, <laughs> vice president. I'll sing you all the songs if you want me to. Um, but when I was living there, we had, my group of friends tended to all be from the Midwest, we just graduated, you know, we, we came together, right? It's friends with a lot of people from Ohio and Kansas and whatnot and Minnesota. And, you know, maybe we were partaking in some things, but we came to this interesting realization. We were like, what's up with the people from Arizona? Because many were locals in our sorority. And we were like, what? what the, but there's like a piece of the puzzle missing. We couldn't figure it out. And then I nailed it. They don't have seasons in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There, there's. I mean, literally, it's. I don't know why they they have weathermen. Like it's gonna be sunny and beautiful, and it's between sixty and ninety degrees. You know, most mm-hmm. of the time. And I believe so much in seasons. Mm-hmm. I'm a total death and rebirth and start mm-hmm. over and that part of that transition. So I came up with this aha. <clears throat> my Oprah aha moment. And I was like, that's what's wrong with them. They don't have seasons. There's not a coming in and a blossom, you know, all these different mm-hmm. things. I am so sorry if you're from Arizona. And I'm so sorry. I'm not, I'm not sorry I offended you. It's just my perspective. So back to you, Sally. I do think that seasons are really important. Well, they are. They're very <laughs> important. And maybe if they do it in Arizona a little differently. Yeah. yeah. They have different mm-hmm. cactuses or something. Maybe. Not really. <laughs> Can I tell you the story of why I left the desert? Oh, my gosh. Mom lived in the desert for four years? Five years. Five years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. And I missed the season so desperately because it was just monetary. No, no, no. It's just so... Monotonous. Monotonous. It's so much the same. That was a transition. Oh, it was mm-hmm. huge. And we, because I was I was unhappy with the relationship, and I missed so much about Minnesota that I um, I just packed up, and I drove straight to Minnesota in a U-Haul. How often when 
And again, I feel like this is a New Year's resolution thing too, or a bucket list or words, but where does the word intuition come up for you when you talk about something like that um, when you're holding space for people? Well, for me, intuition is not only about listening to myself, but it's listening to the people that I'm in conversation with or that I'm holding that space for. And for me, that um, the spirit or the holiness is in in how that listening uh, informs um, what hopefully my words and my actions and even my silence because often what's really needed <laughs> is for someone to, to not be heard yeah to be heard and to not for mm-hmm. you know me not to say a whole lot of anything but just to be present to be there's my word again <laughs> uh, <laughs> to just be in in the space I would think that the pressure when someone would come to you, because I feel like I even did this too a few times, um, you have the answers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I think people think that about me and birth work and mm-hmm. where should I birth and well, whatever Sarah says I'm going to do. And you probably have a tool that I use a lot, which is asking the questions mm-hmm. and then saying what I was taught by my dear friend Stacy, what I heard you say. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they need to hear. Oh. Is that oh gosh, I guess because most people do have the answers, but we need validation. Right. I I remember someone telling me, you know, holding a new baby that to 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 really hold them and to look at them and know that they already have within them everything. Oh. They need, yeah, that everything they are is already there. Mm. And, you know, our role as parents is, again, to hold that space and to ask the questions and to be silent sometimes um, to allow them to discover what that is. And that is intuition. And it's something that I feel very strongly about that we don't bring up enough. Mm-hmm. When people are making decisions, I have constantly, when someone says, oh, well, my OB said that, or my midwife, or, you know, I actually just got an email. Um, she was birthing at one hospital, and she said, but my two, you know, I, my two good friends, they both were at this hospital, and this is what they said, where I said I should go. And I just had to turn it back to her and be like, tell me more about what that is to have somebody say that. We are never given an OB, a a person that you believe knows better than you. Mm -hmm. As a minister, you for sure know better than me, Sally. And that's Mm -hmm. bullshit Mm -hmm. because I have to Mm -hmm. to tune into this intuition that I don't think as children that we were raised to listen to that. Does that feel good? Which then transitions me to a topic that I know, I think it's important for you. I don't want to make that generalization, but... The school of Montessori. Montessori <laughs> education is a ton of this, correct? Yes. Now, I'm not a trained Montessori teacher. I was on um, the staff as a, what's called a specialist. And so I was there as a, um, uh, a music and drama teacher. And we're talking about Lake Country School now. But 
here I can tell you what I observed and what I later used in actually uh, my final papers for seminary. Stop. Is wow. that what I observed um, and experienced at that school was um, it was really a place where spirit guided what was happening oh my in a way that I never experienced um, in churches or in those particular settings. But it was, and what it was, was that, that same thing that I was talking about, is the idea that each child already has, each person already has what they need. And it's an unfolding, an, a discovery, and the role of the teacher is to provide the openness of space so that that child becomes who they already are. And um, that is— Oh, can I just clap? No. <laughs> this is so fabulous. <laughs> yeah. And that's, again, what we're not— ta- We have everything we need. We need space. But we, in this country, I know it's not the mm-hmm. same in other countries, mm-hmm. where there, there's this, I think, of like, you do this and you do this, and then you, and then you do go to college because you have to make that— mm-hmm. I mean, how many times do, oh, they're not going to college. You know, oh, they're not married yet at 30. Oh, they're not having—you know, there's this— line, this linear line that we think that we have to take. And I don't think that we nurture our children and people enough to pause and say, what does your intuition say? Mm-hmm. You have everything. I say this constantly about birth. You you don't need me or anybody else. You mm-hmm. know how to give birth. But we were taught that there was a certain way that we had to do it or it was scary or mm-hmm. so on and so forth. The Montessori model has shown me a lot about how to parent lately. Mm-hmm. And that she does know what's best. But after she's like two hours of TV, I'm like, okay. <laughs> Although she does turn it off. Okay, so um, I feel like I have to take advantage of you being here. So I just have to ask one question. You've worked in one church, but I know you know a lot about other churches. And I work mm. and own a yoga studio. And, you know, from the outside, people are like, oh, it's peace and yoga and kumbaya and all that good stuff. <laughs> But there's some shit that goes on, right? Okay, Sally, pretend like we've had like at least two glasses of great red wine that you love. I just get a little not gossipy, but just does 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 stuff go on in churches? Like, well, there are dynamics. She's looking at me like I'm crazy, but like I tell just a little. Like, there's of course there's dynamics, but has there ever been anything that you're like? I mean, not that you have to tell a story, but... Well, churches are made up of... Humans. Humans. <laughs> there you go. I hope one of the great learnings of this pandemic is that churches have needed to be, um, to reimagine um, and who, who they are and how they do things. And if we learn well from this... Um, churches might bounce back? That, well, I, I don't know bounce back, but they might become... Um, something different, different, totally. and something yeah, new, and that that's now. that would be a a really great thing. Is it a fair statement to say that in the United States, the attendance or people involved in churches, the number has gone down since the six fifties, sixties, seventies? Oh yeah, that's. I think that's a. I mean, I'm not a statistician, but that's that's certainly um, just bullshit and, with me. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, that that there's um, yeah, that there's uh, certainly. Um, evidence of that. Yeah, because yeah. I know that they're particular. There was one church um, that I just learned about, and now they have three congregations within that church. 
mm-hmm. because it's not just like we have to pay this and pay the bills and we have smaller number of people. Oh, you mean in the building, in the church building it, itself? itself that's, yeah. Well, and that's just um, I think a good a Smart. good use of a good use of um, of resources and space, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's an environmentally sound thing to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you do it well, you could also maybe learn something from the other um, faith communities that are in you're sharing space with. Yeah, I'm gonna say amen to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I. I love holding space for people, and I believe that you like it too. Mm -hmm. And we, I can say we don't have, like my mother as well, we don't have any problems standing in front of an audience and sharing, and sharing teachings or education or stories. However, every Sunday for many, many years, you had what we call the sermon, Usually, but other people shared that, but most Okay, mostly. so let's say like 80% of the time. Sure. Yeah. When you were done on Sunday, was there, like, I like I can feel it in my belly right now. Like, I would already be anxious <laughs> starting to think of my next topic for the next Sunday to share or to write. And, like, Saturday night, I would be totally procreate. 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 And procrastinating <laughs> what I was going to actually write. Does writing come easy to a minister? No, I don't think so. I mean, I well, I mean, there's as many, you know, differences in, in people as yes. there are in all people. Um, and for some people, the procrastination is actually where, you know, they, the, energy. The, the energy comes. That's not, that, not for me. But, um, but certainly I have many friends that on Saturdays when they're doing their, their thing, I I could never have done that. So was yours done by Friday for happy hour at four? Or? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's here's where those seasons, you know, come into play too, because the church year is devi- is designed mm-hmm. in ways that um, connect not only with, I mean, there's certain you know readings and scriptures mm-hmm. and all of that that um, are a part of the seasons, mm-hmm. and so you have that as a starting point. And then for me, it was always important to, you know, that to pull in the physical season that you're in, mm-hmm. what's going on mm-hmm. outside, and mm-hmm. all of that. So there was mm-hmm. that. And then and, there's the state of the world. And this, and then the, the that was always the real trick oh. is like you you have it all figured out, and then you have nine eleven, or you have you know another school shooting, and then if you don't hold the space for people who are coming who are carrying all of that, then mm-hmm. in my estimation, you weren't really doing your work. And mm-hmm. I bring so much of that into my class. I'm mm-hmm. like, we are going to turn to the South and send mm-hmm. love and light mm-hmm. to the families mm-hmm. that lost their children in the school shooting or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot, though. Mm-hmm. And it came easy for you? Oh, I don't know if it was easy. Um, you know, the more you do it, certainly, yeah. you know, maybe it's easier. Yeah. Um, but was I, there days when you're like, yeah, I'm going to go like Google a sermon online and just oh no, that? No. <laughs> I, no, oh, but, she couldn't live with herself, no, I'm no, sure. I mean, but I think that there are folks, I mean, I certainly oh, sure. that do that. But um, And that's, you know, probably says something about, you know, the, the stress, stress of their life. And I'm not saying that that's not something that should be done. It's just that I, I don't think I could have done that. Did you read your sermons out loud to your husband um, and practice at all? No, no. Um, 
what what I always hoped was that in the writing, well, it, it depended on where I was doing this. There was the community that many of you, either the, you two were a part of. I call it my kumbaya church. Yeah, yeah, the sacred journey, in which I knew that I could just breathe whatever it was that, um, you know, I'd already written. Mm-hmm. Now, in a more formal setting, then I would often, you know, read it. But to practice it, um, I might have read it just in case I, you know, read it out loud just in case um, so I wouldn't stumble over particular yeah. sets yeah. of words. If people want to learn um, more about you and your awesome words of wisdom, where are you still, are you blogging? Are you writing? Are you, can I, I get do. on your newsletter? do blog it's um at pause p-a-u-s-e and at sally howell dot howell, sally howell johnson.com pause mm-hmm. at sally howell two l's two l's johnson johnson dot com dot com so yeah. they can email you and say please put me on your newsletter mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's a way on the on their on the website to and what's the website the then it's sally howell johnson dot okay. com yeah okay we always take a moment, we always pause and be at the end of Belly Up, because I always say each one of us were born, we were born for a reason. We can say today we are born with everything that we need, mm-hmm. we have everything we need. We are born with all that good wisdom <clears throat> and light to go through transitions. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have a word, maybe you don't. Maybe you have a New Year's resolution, maybe you don't. You have an intuition. We know that. So would you mind closing us up today with your closing words that you did at the service for a, quite a few decades? We can say it together. Mom, you want to do it? Amen. Ah, ah, women. Ah, children. Ah, animals. Ah, creation. Ah. Thank you, Sally, for stopping by today. Thank you. Thanks, Mom, for hanging out with us. You're so welcome. Your cute little polka dots. (laughs) Oh, you guys are going to love this. I'm taking Mom to a movie today, and she's like, oh, then we'll go out to dinner and get a drink. And I was like, oh, Mom, I'm not drinking. Do you know what she said to me? What? Well, will you be any fun then? (laughs) (laughs) On that note, love you guys. Happy, happy New Year, wherever you are. Thanks for belling up with us, and um, we'll be back to talk about breast reductions, affairs, and other juicy good stuff. Mm-hmm. Sally wasn't as interested in that part. Well, Sally said it perfectly <laughs> to me. She's like, I don't have that much drama. Oh, <laughs> <bull> dingies. <laughs> us long acres are just a little louder about it. Thanks, Sally. Thanks, Thank Mom. You. Love Thank to you, you all. Love, love, love. Belly Up is a Bluma production. It's produced by the one and only Michaela Finnegan at Minnehaha Recording Company. Hi, this is Mary from Bluma. Thank you so much for being part of the Bluma community. We're so happy you're here. We love hearing from our families, and as a small business, one of the most powerful things you can do is share your stories with us. I love when you take us on Instagram, leave a Google review, or email me your birth story or photos from class. 
This is a great way that we can share the Bluma love and reach new folks who could use a little Bluma in their lives. Find us at Bluma.com.